passion for God and compassion for our neighbor. Reaching people with Jesus. This is Crosswinds Church. And now, here's Pastor Kurt Truxis. For those of you who are new, my name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors. Uh, I usually teach up on the Spirit Lake campus, but Pastor Jordan and I, during this current series, are going to be switching back and forth between campuses. And the reason we did that is, number one, it gives people in Spirit Lake a chance to know Pastor Jordan better. And number two, it gives me a chance to know you better and spend time with you. So I am super excited to be here. Uh, Some of you I've known for years. Others of you I don't know yet, but this is a great opportunity for me to build a little bit of relationships here. We've got a lot of exciting things going on at Crosswinds, just to keep you an update on that. Uh, Kevin and Tara Brown, we know we were trying to send them out as missionaries. And to give you an update on that, we raised over $7,000 for them last week alone. Our goal was to raise $10,000 to help send them overseas. We raised a total of $12,669, and that's great. You know, at Crosswind, you always hear us say this, that our mission is reaching people with Jesus, and that's very true. We are trying to reach people with Jesus in the communities where God has planted us, and that's here in the Spencer community, that's in the Spirit Lake community, but we're also trying to reach people with Jesus around the world. And just to give you a little bit of inside scoop, years ago when Pastor Jordan and I were doing some brainstorming, we had this idea, wouldn't it be really cool if someday we couldn't just support a missionary, but we actually sent a missionary out from Crosswinds Church? And when we were talking about this last week, we said, this is the coolest thing. This was not a publicly stated goal. It was an aspirational goal that we talked about, and God brought it about through Kevin and Tara being able to be sent out from Crosswinds Church to reach people with Jesus, not just locally, but now on the other side of the globe. I mean, praise God for that. That's super, super exciting. Um, Dave is the chairman of our elder board. He's the one who shared a little bit about that capital campaign, and the capital campaign is really not just for funds, it's really focused on trying to continue our mission of reaching people with Jesus. And he probably said most of this stuff, but I'll just recap it because I wrote it in my notes. Uh, About 10 years ago in the Spirit Lake campus, we started a modernization process to trying to reach more people with Jesus. We redid our stage and then we sort of stopped, stopped most everything because it became apparent at that point that God was calling us to be able to open a campus here in Spencer. And for the last 10 years, that has been the focus of Crosswinds, to be able to get this campus open, get Pastor Jordan hired, sustain, and then eventually find a location. And we are thrilled as leaders that God has been so good that we're in this facility and and God has provided this campus. And as the elders were talking, they said, well, we want to continue the mission We want to continue what we had put on pause about 10 years ago, Uh, actually get some storage space in Spirit Lake, sort of like you guys have in the basement, and be able to get some chairs instead of pews, which by the way, the chairs are sort of the same kind that you have in Spencer. We were hoping to plan to repaint the inside of the worship center, which by the way, will probably be almost the identical same color as is in Spencer. Are you seeing a theme here? 
Um, and we want to update the lighting so we could use a lighting board, so modern LED lighting, which is the same thing that you have in Spencer. It's sort of like we're trying to catch up to you guys now because God has been so good. So we're excited about that. And we ask that as God leads you to give to that capital campaign, uh, to do that. And of course, there's a couple things that are left undone at Spencer that we do want to complete, such as the kitchen and a few other doors. And that's also, we want to get those things finished as well. So just want to make sure you're aware of that and you're able to give generously to that. Last week, we began a new series called Taming the Tongue. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at our speech. Last week, we looked at James chapter 3, where we looked pretty much at the power of our words. James is trying to tell us in that chapter, words make a huge difference, either for good or for ill. They're extremely powerful. Today, as we begin to look at specific kinds of speech, I'm going to be talking about gossip and slander. And what does the Bible say about that? Pastor Jordan is teaching in Spirit Lake this morning, talking about lies and deception. And then next week, he'll be back here and I'll be up there. So we're going to switch back and forth. So if you really wanted to know about lies and deception, don't worry. You'll get a whole education on it next week. Um, if you look around us, gossip is everywhere, isn't it? Look at your Facebook feed. It's filled with gossip. Look at your television programs. Even our news programs are not just reporting the news. Isn't the news often sharing other people's dirt? Stuff that probably doesn't necessarily even need to be repeated, but they needed a slot in the news so it gets repeated. Go to the checkout line in the grocery store. What are the headlines on those magazines that are trying to catch your attention? Gossip about other people's dirt. That's how they're trying to get you to read things and to catch your, catch your attention. But far more devastating than what I would call idle gossip is intentional gossip. When we use our words and we gossip about people intending to hurt people. I ran across this illustration in my studies this week and I thought it was so powerful I had to share it with you. True story. A 13-year-old girl was able to get a hold of her mother's list. You say, mother's list? Well, her mother was a nurse in a hospital, and she had patients. So this girl was able to get a hold of the patient list with her phone numbers. And she thought that she'd have some fun, so she called through the patient list and told all of them that she was with the hospital and they had been diagnosed with AIDS. People were devastated. And thankfully, uh, this was able to be found out and the people were told, no, you don't have AIDS. But the one lady who is 60 years old, she was actually in the process of planning to commit suicide. When you gossip about people or when we use our words slanderously against people, we have no idea the amount of devastation that, that we can uh, cause with those things. One of the things that makes gossip so devastating is that it's irretrievable and it's uncontrollable once we speak it. Maybe you've heard this illustration. as uh, a man who gossiped about his friend and he felt bad for what he did, so he went to his priest and he said to the priest, uh, I really shouldn't have gossiped about my friend. What should I do about it? And the priest said, here's what I want you to do. Take a pillow, go to the center of town and tear it open. So the guy went to the center of town and tore open the pillow and he came back to his priest 
okay, I did that, so what does it have to do with gossip? The priest said, no, go and find every feather. I could never do that. The feathers are everywhere. And the priest said, exactly. That's what it's like when we gossip. Because whatever we say, it's irreparable. It's unretrievable. We have no idea where it will go and how we could ever, ever get it back, which is why gossip is such a uh, devastating thing. This morning, I'd like to ask you to take out your outlines, and I put them in your bulletins. Please follow along with those. We're going to look at gossip under a variety of headings. First, we're going to look at why do we gossip, and then we're going to look at um, sort of two different categories of gossip. We'll look at what the Bible says about those two categories, then we're going to look at some myths about gossip, the myths about why we try to justify it. And then we'll look at two quick questions at the end. What do we do when somebody, we see somebody gossiping? How do we talk to them? And then lastly, what do we do when people start gossiping about us? So those are the things we're going to cover. Let's begin on the top of your outline here. Why do we gossip? Uh, in general terms, one of the reasons we gossip is because we really like ourselves. That's what we're promoting ourselves. That's one of the reasons we gossip. Point A is this. Gossip comes from loving ourselves more than other people. Galatians 5.14 says, The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. Gossip is saying things about other people that you would never want them to say about you. Isn't that true? Gossip is loving ourselves more than others. And if we speak about someone else in ways that we would never want someone else to speak about us, then you know you've crossed the line. At that point, we're engaging in gossip. If we do not like the way someone talks about you behind your back, then we shouldn't talk about someone behind their back in the same way. The next reason that we often gossip is this. Gossip comes from idleness. How about that? 1 Timothy 5.13. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. Paul says, when you have people who simply have too much time in their, on their hands, they generally tend to become gossipy individuals. Paul refers in this verse to certain widows, he says, that have become idlers. What is an idler? It's a person who doesn't do much work. They talk a lot, but they don't do a lot. And by implication, the Greek term is it's not because this person cannot do a lot. It's because this person has chosen not to do a lot. They've chosen to talk about others rather than actually put their shoulder to the wheel and help and serve others. And Paul says, when you have people who have too much time on their hands, they tend to gossip about other people instead of actually going out of their way to help and serve people. He doesn't just say they become gossips, but he also says they become busybodies. That's a wonderful Greek term, busybody. He didn't think the Bible had that. What does it mean? 
It means somebody who fusses themselves with or concerns themselves with other people's business instead of their own business. So Paul says when people have too much time on their hands, they can tend to become gossips and focus on other people's life instead of their own far too much. And he says that these people, by the way, the examples he's giving, they tend to go house to house to gossip. Today, we don't even have to get out of our house to gossip, do we? We have this thing called the cell phone. We just lift a finger. We can call our friends and gossip. We can text our friends and gossip. Or we can go on social media and gossip even more effectively to everyone on the internet. And Paul says one of the reasons that there's this in our culture or in our lives is because sometimes people just have too much free time. Number C, or point C, gossip comes from a desire to be the center of attention. Isn't that true? Let's face it. Sometimes people gossip because they like it when other people pay attention to them. Isn't when you hear gossip, don't you usually lean into it? Don't you want to listen to it and aren't you drawn into it? Some people who want to be the center of attention will then gossip a lot so people will focus on them. Just being honest, we all know it's true. Uh, point D, gossip comes from a desire to pull ourselves up by pushing others down. If I can say something derogatory about other people, isn't it true I tend to feel better about myself a little bit when I'm pushing somebody out down? I sort of feel like I'm pulling myself up. This subtly happens when we watch the news. You watch the news, you're like, yeah, that guy's a thief. He's a complete fool. <laughs> I would never be like him. I feel better about myself because I'm nice, I'm not like that guy. Pushing somebody down, trying to subconsciously pull myself up. When my kids were in school, they're much older now, uh, sometimes kids would pick on them. And I would always say to my kids, you know the reason why that guy's picking on you? He has a really poor self-image. I think there's really bad stuff going on at home. He's not a happy kid. So if he can pull you down, he makes him feel better about himself. Parents, isn't that true? You see that? Your kids go through that? Yeah. Here's another reason. Gossip comes from bitterness. When someone hurts us, we have to choose to forgive them. Forgive them like Jesus has forgiven us fully and completely. But if we choose not to forgive someone, if we hold on to that hurt, we start to become bitter people. You and I, we know that's true, don't we? And when we start to become bitter and we hold on to that hurt, what we start to do is leak gossiping and slanderous words. As soon as we have an opportunity to talk about the person that hurts us, we speak negatively about them, we tear them down, we undermine them, because it comes out of the wound inside of us that is still alive. 
the wound that is still festering, the hurt that is unforgiven, leaks out gossiping and slanderous words to other people. And here's something else we need to know. You say, well, I, maybe I'll only speak slanderously or, or poorly about that person who hurt me. It doesn't work that way. If you're still holding on to a wound and nursing that hurt that has not been forgiven, anytime you get into another position with a different person who hurts you, guess what happens? You transfer all of the anxiety and hurt that you were nursing over here, and now you start leaking it out also over here. It doesn't stay self-contained to one relationship. It influences all your other relationships. The joke is, the husband comes home from work and he's upset and he kicks the dog and he yells at the kids. Why? Well, you sort of seen what work was like today. The problems at work didn't stay at work, did they? They bled into the relationships at home. This is a little bit why we can be gossipy. And gossip comes from bitterness. Let's look at the next major point here. What kinds of gossip are there in the Bible? In the Old and the New Testament, the Old Testament's written in Hebrew and the New Testament's written in Greek, there's actually a variety of different words for gossip. And they have different nuances. For the purpose of our study this morning, I'm going to put them under two different categories in English, and we'll use two different English words to translate this variety of words. The first English word to talk about the, uh, the Greek and Hebrew words for gossip, that's their general ones, we'll just call gossip. That's pretty general. And this is the point. Gossip can be idle chatter. And it's not even necessarily malicious. You know that where you just sort of leak other people's information to people who have no need to know that information. Just idle chatter. The Bible says this, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. The word babble here means senseless, pointless conversations. Conversations that are not building anyone up not really going anywhere, just sort of wasting our words. And the particular kinds of babble he talks about here is irreverent babble. Uh, God talking about things that don't necessarily honor God. You say, well, what would that be? Let me give you an example. Do you have those friends that whenever you start to talk to them, the conversations always turn political? Oh, some of you are just laughing out loud right now as soon as I said that. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, okay, we all may have certain political opinions, and I'm not arguing with any of that. The problem is when every single conversation out of our mouth goes back to those kind of political opinions every single time. There's nothing we can vote about right now. There's nothing we can do about it right now. In fact, it sort of just ends up being, as soon as I know with this guy, as soon as I talk to him, I know exactly what he's going to say. And it's just pointless. That's what I call babble. It's wasted words. Another example of irreverent babble might be what I call off-color jokes. You know if you tell one of those jokes, you'll get a laugh and people will remember it. But it's not really building anybody up, is it? It's not improving their morals. 
It's not helping to lead them to Jesus. It's just maybe helping them to remember something that's off-color and poor humor. That's irreverent babble. Another term that we'll see in the Bible about this kind of just general gossip, the Bible will use the term a whisperer. Uh, the idea of a whisperer is somebody who talks behind your back, sharing information that really doesn't need to be shared with other people, just in a general way. Where you can read about this in Psalm uh, 41.7. All who hate me, they whisper together about me. They imagine the worst for me. So the first word we'll build things under is just the term gossip, which means general leaking of confidential information with people who don't need to know, not necessarily an intentionally mean or bad manner. It's just people not keeping confidence. But the second word we're going to build things under in our study is slander. Slander is intentionally sharing true or false information to undermine someone's life and to destroy their reputation. That's a stronger word. Uh, the Jeremiah 9.4 says this, Let everyone beware of his neighbor. Put no trust in any brother, for every brother is a deceiver, and every neighbor goes about as a slanderer. Now, I'll, I'll give you this heads up. The Bible speaks very, very strongly against slander, and it should never be part of a Christian's life. That we should never use our words to intentionally undermine or cut down a brother or sister in Christ's life. We may not be happy with them. You may be frustrated with them, but we do not use our words to speak against them. Now, let me explain one more detail, and then we're going to dive into some verses to look at gossip and slander. When I began my study on this topic, I ran across something that surprised me. I mentioned to you there's a variety of Hebrew and Greek words for gossip and slander that they cover different nuances in meaning, some being more intentional and some being less intentional. And I've decided to break them down in just two words in English, gossip, slander. Gossip unintentional, slander intentional. But then when I went to my English Standard Version of the Bible, which is the translation we typically use, I found that the ESV almost always translates any of those words with the English word slander. But I'm not too sure that's as accurate of a translation to cover the proper nuance of the original Greek and Hebrew meaning. When I looked at the NIV version of the Bible, it kept, I think, that subtle distinction between gossip and slander in better place. So this morning, when I go through these verses, I'm going to be using the NIV because in this particular case, I think that translation maintains this subtle distinction of intentionality better than the ESV does. So let's dive right in. What does the Bible say about gossip? Uh, R.J. Letourneau. You guys ever heard of Letourneau? Uh, Earth Movement Company, big machines and stuff like that. He had a scraper called the Model G. And somebody asked him, how does it get called the Model G? He said, it's like gossip. It moves a lot of dirt really fast. Isn't that what gossip does? 
moves dirt really fast. And here's what we see. Proverbs 11.13 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person will keep a secret. Some people like to gossip. And the Bible says here, you just can't talk with them. Because whatever you share with them, just give it time, they'll start sharing it with other people. I call these people the manure spreaders. You farmers know what I'm talking about, right? Because the manure spreader, it just takes dirt and throws it everywhere over everything. Some people are like that. You share something with them, a little confidential, and they just spread your dirt over everything and everyone. Nothing stays confidential. And I think about this on my first mission trip. We have kids going on a mission trip right now. I went on a mission trip overseas to Switzerland when I was in high school, and we had these tent buddies. And you're supposed to be in the tent with your tent buddy. All of our tents are lined up, and one night, my tent buddy and I were talking, and we were sort of new with each other, and I just shared with him some stuff that was going on in my life, in my home, that was confidential. And can you pray about it with me? Yeah, I'll pray about it with you. The next morning, he started sharing it with every single other person on the mission trip. And people were coming up to me. Hey, I heard this about you. I heard this. He was a terrible gossip. I should have never shared it with him. I remember going into the, the lunch line and not even wanting to go to eat with other people because my confidential information had been shared with everybody. This is the kind of thing that a gossip does. They cannot respect confidentiality. The next verse we look at is Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip will separate close friends. When you share information with somebody that is confidential, you hope that brings you closer to one another. A gossip, you share information with them, they'll share it with everybody else, and it'll actually make you farther together. Doesn't matter how close you are with this friend, it'll definitely break you apart. Because gossips always betray confidences, and you can never seem to trust them again. Incidentally, this is especially true in churches. Gossips destroy churches. You never, ever want somebody who has a problem with gossip in a leadership position in a church. Because whenever you have a conversation that is confidential in nature, that conversation that is private will quickly become public. Uh, not in Crosswinds, but in a church I served before I came to Crosswinds. We were on a nomination team working through some candidates, and we actually had to disqualify one of our candidates for an elder position because his wife was known as such a persistent gossip. Because we knew if he happened to share certain things that we would maybe talk about potentially in the board, it would be all over town. And that would tear apart the very fabric of a church when you can't have confidential conversations that are honest. Here's another one, Proverbs 18.8. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. What are choice morsels? Another way to call it is snack foods. You guys know what it's like when you open a bag of potato chips? You can't have just one, can you? I opened a bag of potato chips when I came home last night. I was hungry. I finished the bag. 
because they're addictive. That's what gossip is like. When you start to hear it, you want to hear more of it, don't you? You want to hear the rest of the story. You want to continue the story. But just as you start to overdose on junk food, you end up getting pretty sick. You start to overdose on gossip, guess what? You end up pretty sick as well. Because gossip is not just addictive, it is deadly. When we hear gossip, and we hear dirt about other people, isn't it hard to look at those people the same way after that? Now, you don't even know if that gossip is true. You don't know the rest of the story, but you've heard enough of a story. And at this point, that person is like blacklisted in your mind. See how gossip divides people? And gossip ends up destroying people. It destroys community. It doesn't create community. Here's another one, Proverbs 26.20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. When you have quarrels, when you have division in any group of people, when there's disunity and in an organization or in a church, it almost always goes back to a small group of people who are gossiping. They're throwing wood on the fire to keep the division going. Now, I have fond memories of this, being in the pastorate for many years of people in a church who like to gossip. People come into my office and they would say, Pastor, we don't like the sermon. Pastor, we don't like the coffee. Pastor, the air conditioning was too cold. And I would typically say, well, who doesn't like the sermon? Who doesn't like the coffee? What was their problem with the air conditioning? How can I find out about them? I can't tell you. Seriously, I can't tell you. But I want you to know, people are talking. And at that point, I started to go, the people who are talking, they're just a bunch of gossips. Because if I turn the air conditioning up, or if I turn the air conditioning down, they'll still have a problem. Because they want to do is they want to gossip. And with the gossip, what they want to do is tear apart the fabric of the church and leave themselves in control. Because isn't that what a gossip does? We learned earlier. They want the attention. They don't want solutions. Or they would come and talk to you. That's the way a gossip works. Here's another one. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. You're looking for a memory verse this week? There it is. Go home and say, well, you know, the Bible said I'm supposed to avoid anyone who talks too much, so I can't talk to you. You talk too much. Well, the Bible said it. What's the problem? The gossip will betray uh, confidence. If somebody talks too much, it's only a matter of time until the confidential story you told them becomes a public story that they've told everyone else. The Bible says you know the people like that, so don't hang out with them and talk to them. Proverbs 14, 7. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. This is an interesting one. When you hear gossip, how do you react to it? Do you lean into it and say, tell me more? I want to hear more. Because if you lean into it and you say, tell me more of other people's dirt, what that is revealing is the status of your heart. It's an evil heart. 
It's not a healthy heart that wants to lean into hearing about other people's dirt. Recently, I was in a meeting with some people and someone started to share with me some details of a, of a nonprofit that's in the lakes area. And they were sharing with me some things that happened on the board meeting at that particular nonprofit. Really confidential stuff, executive level stuff. And I'm sitting here thinking, what are you telling me about this for? I really don't want to know this. I didn't want to hear that. Now I'm stuck because whenever I see those people in public, it's hard to look at them the same. And now I'm not in an easy position to come up and say, hey, could you tell me the rest of the story about what happened in your board meeting when it's a private meeting? That's not good. So I think like in my heart, when I'm going like, stop, see, stop talking, that was probably the right thing, but I probably should have like actually said, stop talking, period. And like cut them off and said, there is nothing constructive with what you're sharing with me. Please don't tell me. And that's one of the things I think we can do it. We'll talk about at the end. When we hear gossip, sometimes it's just appropriate to just stop the conversation and call people out and say, stop sharing. You're being a gossip right now. I don't want to hear it. Another point. Uh, others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation. If you struggle with gossip, this is a good verse. Realize that if you're labeled as a gossip and known as a gossip, you'll try as hard as you want to get your good reputation back and you may never be able to get it back because the reputation of being a gossip sticks very, very hard to get rid of. Here's another one. As surely as a north wind brings rain, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. Do you like it when people are angry at you? Do you like it when people look at you and they're really disappointed in you? I don't think so. None of us like it when people are angry at us. But if we gossip and we share private information that people share with us, with other people in a place it doesn't have to go, the Bible says it's guaranteed that people will be angry with you. Guaranteed that people will be disappointed with you. I don't like when I let people down. I feel terrible if I let people down. What a reminder that gossip is something we must avoid at all costs. Here's another one. Psalm 15, 1 through 3. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts, who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbor, or speak evil of their friends. Who are the kind of people that are actually close with God, that God is intimate with? Those who refuse to gossip and who refuse to speak evil of their friends. What about those people who do gossip? In the church, who maybe speak evil of their friends. Uh, they may claim to be close with Christ, but the honest truth is they can't be close with Christ or they'd be cut to the heart with conviction of the words of their mouth that shouldn't be said with others, that should have been kept private. 
Here's another one, Romans 1.29. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice, and they are gossips. Paul is giving the qualities of somebody's life who is really far from God. Look at the qualities here, like murderers. And then what gets thrown in? Gossips. Well, gossips and murder in the same sentence? Well, I didn't think gossip was that bad. I mean, it's just a juicy tidbit. It's just me telling you what somebody told me, and boy, it's really good information. Wait till you hear this story. That's the kind of thing that people that are far from God do. They don't protect others' confidentiality. They ruin others' confidentiality. So those are some things what the Bible says about gossip. And you can see the Bible has some very strong words uh, against it and reminds us to maybe keep confidential things confidential. Now let's look at slander. Remember gossip, as we defined it, is really idle, careless chatter of other people's information shared not in an intentional way to hurt anyone. Slander is different. Slander is when we are using the words of our mouth as weapons sharing either true or false information about other people trying to undermine or destroy their lives. Incidentally, one of the Greek words for slander is the Greek word diabolos, from where we get our word the devil. The devil slanders people. He tries to throw you under the bus. He uses his words to try and ruin your life. And when we use our words, maybe we're angry and we're trying to cut somebody down and destroy their lives with our words. Guess who we're being just like? The devil himself. That's exactly what he does. Let's look at, we'll start with this. Psalm 50 verse 20. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. Hmm. The Hebrew term for slander here is literally the word disfigure. He's speaking about those people who use their words to try and disfigure or destroy someone's life or someone's reputation. Maybe a mental picture of this is you've seen those models in New York who rock the one ways and they, somebody doesn't like them so they throw acid on their face and they're disfigured for life. Some of you are looking, you haven't seen this where people, they throw acid on their face and they're scarred. This is what he's saying. As Christians, we do not try to use our words to disfigure or destroy another person's life. Now, this thought came to mind of an application for this. You may not agree with me, but I at least want you to think about this a little bit. Are you familiar with the magazine Christianity Today? Everybody heard of this one? Christianity Today? Okay. Christianity Today seems to have a habit of trying to find Christian ministries that are going through troubles and who have made some bad choices. And they love to gather as much dirt as they can about that ministry. And then they publish it in Christianity Today as the cover story. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Remember Rabbi Zacharias? The sins and the problems of his life were published as a cover story on Christianity Today magazine. Some of you know about Mark Driscoll. 
the problems at Mars Hill Church. Uh, they put together a podcast, which, by the way, ranked, I think, as the second or third most downloaded podcast on Apple iTunes about all the problems going on in Mars Hill Church as they interviewed the disgruntled employees who left. And they said, we're doing this so other people will know these problems and they can learn from these problems. But I'm reading this, and it says, you should never, ever slander like your own family. You protect your own family. You don't take their dirt and put it out publicly for everyone to mock and everyone to, to laugh at. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with anything that took place with Ravi Zacharias. No, of course not. I also don't agree with the dysfunctionalisms that took place at Mars Hill. Of course I don't agree with that. But I do know that as a Christian, my job is not to take a brother or sister in Christ who is going through a hard time in their life and to take the dirt of their life and put it over all out in public for everyone else to see. That's slander. And the Bible says we do not do that to one another. It is not Christianity today's job to take a brother or sister in Christ who is falling into sin and then let everyone in the world know about it. God is the one who takes care of justice, isn't he? We have seen this in 1 and 2 Samuel. Did David ever need to lift a finger against Saul and all the evil things that Saul was doing and had done? Absolutely not. All David had to keep doing was continue to be faithful to God, continue walking with God, and God took care of justice himself. God got rid of Saul. God got rid of his four sons. God got rid of Abner. In fact, recently, before we stopped 1 Samuel, David's trying to find somebody left in Saul's house. All he could find was Mephibosheth, a crippled grandson, because God had wiped everybody out because God takes care of justice. It's not our job to slander people and try and ruin their lives, especially brothers and sisters in Christ. You may not agree with me on that. Maybe you think Christianity Today should continue to publish articles about any kind of sin they find in a Christian church anywhere. I'm not too sure I agree with that. Next point. Brothers or sisters, do not slander one another. Well, that sounds pretty clear, isn't it? Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment over it. It says, brother or sister, never try to use your words to try and ruin another Christian's life. And if you think differently, you're trying to say you're better than God's law itself. And that God's law is wrong on this area, and you are right in this area. And you say, really? Well, what kind of law is this referring to? He's going back to the Old Testament. He's going back to Leviticus 19, verse 16. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. For I am the Lord. In other words... You disagree with this? These are God's very words. Well, but God, he hurt me, and he was nasty, and I, and I don't like the way he treated me, so I get to slander him, right? Absolutely not. 
the words that come out of our mouth consistently are gracious, kind, and good. As Christians, we do not throw someone under the bus, even if they've hurt us, even if they've disappointed, disappointed us, even if they've sinned. Remember, we let God take care of justice. We don't take care of justice with our mouth trying to use our words as weapons to get even. That's God's job. We leave it there. Leviticus 19, verse 18. Some more of God's law from the Old Testament. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Think I'm changing this? I am the Lord. These are my very words. Don't hold a grudge. Don't try and get revenge, but you love people. Love people as yourself. And notice, this is when people are hard to love, right? Because you have a grudge. Because you want to get revenge. No. That's in God's hands. Vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. Not yours. We use our words kindly. We use our words graciously. We use our words forgivingly. Not to get even and slander a name. The story continues. We go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Peter gives five things that should never be part of the Christian's life. One of them is using our words as weapons to destroy other people. We get to Psalm 101, verse 5. Whoever slanders his neighbor, their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. This psalm tells us that God sets his hand against. God disciplines those who are Christians who are secretly using their words to try and undermine or ruin another person's life. One thing I do not want is God disciplining me. Because he always does it right, doesn't he? <clears throat> if we do not want God to discipline us, we must never use our words to slander, undermine, and destroy another person's life. Psalm 10, verse 18. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. You know this situation. You're really irritated with a person. You're telling everyone else how irritated you are with that person. And that person then comes up to you and says, you know, is there something wrong between us? I just sense there's some tension here. Did I do something wrong? And then you end up being a coward. Oh, no, everything's really fine. And you're lying through your lips. And then they walk away and you go right back to speaking against them, talking about how they're a jerk and how they're terrible and all this to your friends. The Bible says, you are a fool. You will get caught in your two-facedness. Not only that, but that's the very kind of thing that God goes out of his way to discipline and correct. Not because he hates us, but because he loves us. And slander is so incredibly devastating to a church or to any organization, just like gossip. Titus. 
3, 1 through 2. Remind them to be submissive to all rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. Notice this. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Paul comes to this part of the letter of Titus, and he gives sort of a brief description of what a healthy Christian life should look like in a, in a positive way. And he specifically says, it's not having any slander on our lips, speaking evil of no one to our friends. Then you get down to Colossians. Now Paul, instead of talking about this same thing positively, he flips around negatively. But you must put them all away. These are the things that as Christians you get out of your life. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, right there, and obscene talk from your mouth. Christians don't have obscene talk, they don't swear, and they do not use their words to tear others down. So I've given you a pretty broad list here. What the Bible says about gossip, very strong words, wouldn't you agree? Anybody? You awake? Yeah. And I said about slander, pretty strong words, not to be part of our life at all. Now let's look at this. What are some of the myths of gossip and slander? The things you try to use to justify it, even though the Bible doesn't give us that wiggle room. First myth is this. Gossip and slander, they're just women's sins. It's only the ladies who gossip. Poor guy. Now there are two verses in the Bible that mention gossip as a sin of women, 1 Timothy 3.11 and 5.13, but none of the others are gender-specific, guys. We can gossip with the best of them, can't we? We can so easily do this as well. Here's another one. If something is true, well, isn't it okay to repeat it? It's true. When we have the opportunity to speak information about other people, the only criteria that we look at, we don't just look at the criteria of truthfulness. We look at the fact is, will, is what I'm about to share going to be edifying for them? Is it going to build them up? Or is it going to tear them down, ruin their life, undermine their marriage, and undermine their relationship with others? If it's not helpful things to share, even if it's true things, we don't share it. The Bible says this in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. If the information is not going to build people up, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. Maybe we just need to zip our lip and leave it there. Here's another one. Prayer concerns justify sharing information, sensitive information. Isn't that what often happens in churches? Can you just pray about this? Let me tell you about what is going on in her life. It's gossip. Sometimes we have to say, this is a confidential prayer request, and it's going to stay confidential. Some quick things here at the end. What should I do when I hear gossip? Well, here's the first thing I would recommend. Identify gossip as gossip to the one who is speaking. When you're hearing someone talk to you about information that shouldn't be shared with you or others, just stop a mid-sentence and say, what you're sharing with me right now really sounds like gossip, and I think you're acting like a gossip. They'll go, oh, I'm, I'm not a gossip. I'm like, 
then what is this? If you call somebody up on that, it really helps them to think very clearly. You do this in a gentle way, but like a cop, right? You just got to sometimes stand up and do it, right? You got to do it. Here's another one. Go to the one about whom we heard the gossip in the spirit of restoration. Galatians 6.1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Gossip thrives in secrecy. And then people want to tell somebody else the secret about an individual and tell somebody else a secret about an individual. The best way to like pull the plug on that is for somebody to say, I'm actually going to talk to them and find out if it's true or not. Oh, don't do that. No, no, why not? If it is true, I'm going to pray for them. And I want to help them. I want to love on them. And if it's not true, boy, this God says better stop right here and right now. Short circuit it. Go to the person about whom you heard the gossip and say, I, I heard this. Is this true? I just want to help you. And if it isn't true, well, let's do what we can to stop this rumor from going around. It's tearing you down. Here's another one. Protect the victim of gossip and slander, which I often I also sort of just said, don't repeat gossip and slander. Don't keep it going. Uh, something here at the end. What should I do when people gossip about me? Here's a couple things. Pray and leave the matter with God. It says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This is one of the things I do. When people gossip about me, there's no way I can ever get it back. It's like that pillow illustration. Remember I told you about the beginning? Feathers go everywhere. I just say, God, I need you to protect my reputation because there's no way I could like, get it back or fix it. People are saying things about me that aren't helpful or aren't even true. So pray. Uh, next one, ignore it. <laughs> Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. And also this one, good, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it's to his glory to overlook an offense. When I hear gossip going on about me, I figure this, the truth and time go hand in hand. If the gossip is not true, I just go about my life, just keep living life, just keep loving people, just try, trying to please God, and the gossip will eventually be recognized for what they are, a gossip with loose lips that no one's going to want to spend time with and no one's going to want to trust. But over time, they find out the things they said about you aren't true. And so in truth and time will go hand in hand. And lastly is this, go to the one who was gossiping about you in a spirit of restoration and just simply say, hey, why are you saying these things about me? I don't want to hate you. I just want to restore these things with you. What can we do to make this work? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there's so much stuff we looked at today. Your word says so much about gossip and slander. And I just want to admit that all of us are convicted today. There's times we used our words in inappropriate ways. Maybe we've gossiped in just a casual way, sharing information about other people we shouldn't. And for that, we ask forgiveness. But also, there's times we've used our words in a slanderous way. When we've been bitter, when we've been angry, we've used our words 
to cut other people down and try and ruin their reputations, to try and disfigure their lives with their words. And for that, we ask forgiveness. Thank you for your word, which number one has showed us today the strong things you have to say about gossip and slander and them not being a part of your people or your church because gossip and slander can do so much damage to your people and to your church. I ask that you would help us to avoid those things, but most of all, we turn to Jesus. Jesus, you're the one who forgives us of our sins, the sins of our mouth, and you're the one who changes our life and we ask that this week you would change our words. It would be a people who avoids using words of gossip and slander, but we'd only use our words to build others up and not to tear others down. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. A complete archive of sermons can be found online at crosswinds.tv. Thank you for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.